Christ's mission is our mission. There's a reason why our call to share Christ and his gospel is called the Great Commission. Not just another commission, it is the greatest task you will ever be assigned. Do you know that the tremendous blessing of helping somebody walk from darkness into light is an opportunity that we will never have again after we die? Never. There's no lost people in heaven. There's no need for evangelism. You have one chance to be a part of the work of Christ in saving someone's soul. And you're living in that chance right now. Well, good morning again. So this morning, we are not going to start a new series. We are not going to light an Advent candle. We are not going to talk about another woman in Jesus' family. And we're not going to have snow machines out front this year or this morning. All right, but what we are going to do this morning is we're going to continue to point us towards Jesus and prepare our hearts as we conclude one year and step into a new one. And as we finish off 2023, I want to ensure that we are ready for all that God has for us as we step into 2024. Now, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and flip over to Isaiah 43 and just kind of hold your place there. And as you turn, I want to set the scene for today's message. And as you look around the church and even on the stage, uh, perhaps th this resembles some of your homes, right? Christmas is over. Maybe some of the decorations still stand. Uh, perhaps there are unwrapped gifts under the tree waiting for a loved one to come home so you can celebrate Christmas on another day. Or perhaps your house is strewn with wrapping paper from open gifts and there are toys and stuff all over the place and you're wondering how on earth am I going to fit this in a new place in my home? And then some of you, you're the overachievers, right? You're the ones that already have all of your decorations taken down and packed away, stored for next year. All your gifts are perfectly placed in all the right places, and your house is clean and ready to ring in this new year. And so wherever you find yourself in that scenario, I can't help but think about what was the day after Christmas like for Jesus and his family, right? Jesus had been born, the shepherds had come, the angels had sung, and the whole town of Bethlehem was all abuzz with this newborn baby king, all the news about him. Now realize that there's, there's some time that passes between Jesus' birth, the arrival of the wise men, his family's fleeing to Egypt, and then their return back to Nazareth. I know in our Bibles it only takes up about two pages, but realize that there's some years that pass, several years that pass in between all that. But as it's apparent as we look at those accounts, and in many ways that our lives probably mimic the lives of Mary, Joseph, and young Jesus. And what we see here, even though Jesus is the Messiah, he is, he is God in the flesh, right? We see immediately that all of a sudden in his life, he began to experience hardship and trials, even persecution. And as I thought about these things, I was comforted by the fact that even Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, can understand every single thing that we have ever gone through and everything that we will go through because he himself experienced those very similar things here on earth. Hebrews 14, or excuse me, Hebrews 4, verses 14 to 16 reminds us of this very thing. It says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. And it says in verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are. This baby Jesus who would grow into the man Jesus, who would then take on the sins of the world and die for us. 
This is the same Jesus talked about here in the scripture. And it's saying right here that Jesus has experienced every single thing on this earth. Every temptation, every testing, every trial that we ourselves would go through. But then the verse continues on. These are three important words. Yet without sin. Jesus is the only one that was sinless and perfect. And it's so amazing because the fact of this is that Jesus, God himself, came from heaven took on flesh for us so that he could live a perfect life, die a perfect sin so that our sins could be atoned for, so that our sins could be replaced by him. And then after his death, three days later, he came back from the grave victoriously by his own power, giving us the hope of eternal life with him, eternal life and restoration back to our heavenly father. And that is the good news of the gospel, is that this Jesus, who is so perfect, who was our substitute and our savior, knows every single thing that we go through. And it goes on in verse 16 of Hebrews 4. It says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So Jesus knows everything that we're going through. And as I thought about these verses, I was reminded of Isaiah 43 and all that God's people Israel had gone through. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and read that with you. And we're going to start in verse 14 and go all the way to 21. And this morning I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Isaiah 43, starting verse 14, says this. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, For your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, even the Chaldeans and the ships which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I have formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Let's pray. Father, we again are just so thankful for you. We're thankful for Jesus, who we got to celebrate a few days ago, just his birth. You're coming to earth, the God-man, fully God, fully human, to take on the sins of the world doing something so new and so impossible so that we can have a right relationship with you. And so this morning, Father, as we go through this sermon and we hear all about how you were doing something new in our life, Lord, would you just pierce our hearts? Would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see? And Father, I just pray that through your word and through your spirit, they would work in concert just to reveal the things of, that, that you have for us as we step into this next season, this new year of life. Lord, be with us now. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, this book here, it's named after its author, Isaiah. And although many scholars will differ on it, did Isaiah really write all 66, book, if 66 chapters of this book or not, I think what's clear is that this book is a book of warning and judgment for God's people. But it's also a book of hope and promise. As we get past verse, chapter 39 into verse 40, we start to see kind of a renewing happening here in the way the text is written. And despite the unfaithfulness of the people of Israel, 
No matter how unfaithful they were to God, God promised them restoration and he promised them renewal. And so what we see here is that God promised to destroy the Babylonian captors and delivered his people Israel back to the promised land. So he took them out of captivity and put them back in the place that he had promised their forefathers for so long ago. And then there's even some throwback here to the Exodus event. Remember that event where Jesus took the Israelites out of Egypt? He, he took them out of there, and so he's reminding them of this past thing that had happened in Israel's uh, past, and that it happened so long ago, and how God delivered their forefathers out of that bondage. But God is encouraging his people here to look forward to something new, to look forward to a new plan that ha- God has for them into the future. And I believe this is the same message that God has for us today. Oftentimes we want to look at a new year, and I think the great thing about a new year is the opportunity for a new beginning. We look towards something new happening. We come up with all types of goals, right? We, we say, well, this year I'm going to lose that 20 pounds that I need to lose. This year I'm going to have some new goals set for work. This year we're going to do some new things as a family. And so looking towards a new year, it often brings about new beginnings for us. And so what I want to do this morning, I want to give you four steps towards a new beginning with God. So if you have your notes, you can follow along with me. You can jot in the fill in the blanks there. But point number one in in having a new beginning with God is this, and it comes straight from verse 18. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. And so our first point is this. We need to stop looking backward. You say, well, Brian, isn't it good to remember the things that God has done for us? It absolutely is. It is absolutely important that we can look back and remember God's faithfulness and his goodness and all these things that God has done for us. And to kind of restate that point, to say it a little bit differently, I would say it this way, to expand it, if you will. It's okay for us to recall the things of the past, of God's faithfulness, of his goodness. But what we must not do is we must not dwell on the things of the past where there was negative things in our life. There were, there were trials, there were hardships. And I think one of the best examples that we have of this, God has given us, is, is through uh, the, our, our, our women. Think about childbirth. How many of you have ever had a child? You've gone through the birth pains, you've gone through the labor, you've had a child. Men, do not raise your hand. <laughs> Very good. All right, so, so here's the thing. Like, just watching my wife go through that, I never wanted to be pregnant, right? But... <laughs> There are so many things that women go through. They go through the morning sickness. They, they have restless nights. They just, they're in pain. They're in, they're, they're, they're just, their self-image even takes a toll on them, right? There's so many things. And then they have this child. And then a few years later, they're like, hey, don't you want to have another one? And I'm like, don't you remember all that you went through back then? Don't you remember the, the, the mornings getting up and how sick you were and all these different things? Like, but no, the women seem, somehow, they seem to forget all of the pain and all of the suffering those great little bundles of joy have brought them. And they want to then have another child. And I think what God is saying here is we have to be careful about looking back to the past. Sometimes I've heard people say things like this. Well, you know, that's just the way we've always done it. Or they'll say things like, well, it's worked in the past, so why wouldn't it work now? And that's true that maybe the things in the past have worked for us, but maybe there's something else we're missing here. And I think it's kind of dangerous to sit in those areas, kind of dangerous to be there, because what happens is we become complacent. We begin to, to then rely on our own thoughts, right? Well, that's exactly how we did it last time. We get, begin to rely on our own abilities, and we put all of our strength in ourselves. And again, the danger there is that we would forget that God is much greater than all of us. And perhaps God has something brand new in mind for us into the future. 
One commentary said it this way. He said, as Isaiah wrote prophetically to Israel, they were mired in the desperate circumstances of captivity and exile. All that they could see at that present moment was where we are. We've been in captivity for who knows whether it's been 50 to 70 years at this point, but we've been in captivity for so long, almost a full generation, and this is all we know. This is all that we've seen. And so they just keep looking back to, well, this is what the past has brought us, so this is all the future is going to bring. And the commentary goes on to say, but God wanted to put their eyes on the new work he would do. He began with a reminder to not remember the former things. If they were stuck in the failure and sin and discouragement of the past, they would never go forward to the new thing that God has for them. Oftentimes, I think we do the same thing, right? We look so far in the past and we get consumed on our past failures. We run in fear because, well, you know, last time it failed. Or we worry about the last circumstance of our life that we went through. It's like, well, I just came out of that and I don't want to go through that again, so I'm not sure I should do these things. Or we worry about our past history. Well, my family, this is the way it's always been for us, and so we're just going to continue on this way. But what we can't do is we can't let those things hold us back. We have to look beyond those things to the new thing that God wants to do in our life. And so this brings us to to point number two. It's then we need to start looking forward. Kind of the implications of that verse 18, it implies that if we must stop looking backwards at the results of our past circumstances, then therefore we must start looking forward to the new thing that God has for us. I know for me personally, uh, I'm kind of glad to see 2023 go bye-bye. I don't want to see it anymore. And it's not because 2023 was exactly, or or was a hard year for us, or a bad year for us, I should say. It's that 2023 was a little bit of a hard year. Now, there were many great things that happened in 2023. We made many uh, fond memories as a family. We had lots of good times. We got to go to Hershey Park and celebrate our middle son's birthday. We got a new puppy in 2023. Anybody need a puppy? Get a puppy. She kept me up all last night. But we were, we were grateful for that little puppy. Like, God did some amazing things. Got us a little puppy. And we're so grateful for her. We also were able to do some, uh, we had some great milestones. We paid off our van. Like, that's something that's been, we've been looking forward to that for many years. And so God paid off our van for us this year. But there were also some stressors that came along in 2023. And, and I mean some heavy stressors. Uh, we had multiple health scares. And, and some of these seemed terminal at the time. I, I'll just give you one. My wife she got a a diagnosis that she had cancer and like no symptoms no nothing she just started the scan but she had something going on but they they did the scan all of a sudden she gets called from the doctor hey you you have cancer and it's terminal and we're going what but god in his just absolute sovereignty he we, we got a phone call a few days later and it was the doctors calling back saying hey we've made a mistake what happened is we laid your scan over top of another lady's scan, and so you don't have cancer. Unfortunately, this other lady did, but you're completely healthy. There, there's nothing wrong with you. And so there was a few days of just praying, like, Lord, your will be done, whatever that means, but please don't take my wife. Like, there's all kinds of things, stressors and, and, and scares and worries and all this stuff that was going on. We've had, multiple, again, multiple issues, health scares, again, with, with one of our sons. My family got in a car accident this year. We also had a concern for my job. 
My contract, if those of you who don't know, I'm a government contractor outside of what I do here at the church. So that's my full-time job. What I do here is part-time. I'm what they consider a bivocational pastor. And so the way government contracting works is you have a contract for so long, and then you got to get another one. Well, we didn't have a contract until a few days ago. So today is the last day of my old contract. But thank God, my new contract begins tomorrow. So God came through. But there's been just months of stressing and worry over, are we going to have a job going into 2024? Are we going to have income to live? And so there's been multiple things over and over that have impacted us through 2023. It seemed like as one rough patch was ending and we were just starting to catch our breath, another one began. So this year was very challenging, very bumpy for us as a family. And so I'm kind of glad that this one is going behind us, and I'm looking forward to what God has into 2024. And as I read verse 18, it was such a good reminder that I can't get held up in what has happened to me in the past. But I need to look forward with hopeful expectation of what God wants to do into the future. And this takes us... So point number three, and we find this in verse 19. Point number three is this. We should expect the unexpected from God. He says here in verse 19, Behold, I am doing a new thing. He said, Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? He said, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He was promising his people Israel there that, Look, when I bring you out of captivity, I'm going to provide for your way all the way back home. So don't worry about those things. Don't stress over it. And I love... When he says, I'm doing a new thing here, that word new, if we look at the definition of new, here's what it means. Three definitions I found. First one is this, not existing before. So God wants to do something in your life that has never, ever existed before. Number two, it's being other than former or old. So again, it's not something that God has done in the past. It's something brand new and unexpected that we know nothing about. And I love the third definition it's of dissimilar origin or usually of superior quality. So not only does he want to do a, do a new thing in your life, he wants to do a good thing in your life, something of superior quality, something far more than we can ever think or imagine. That's what God wants to do in your life for 2024. And I love the way the New Living Translation states this first. He says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? as we look at these verses, it's important to remember that God is already working something in our future. God is already doing something for January 1 and January 2, 2024, and December 31st, 2024. God's got that all figured out. He's got the rest of your days here on earth numbered, and he knows every single thing you will go through. And God, what he's saying here, he's saying, not only can I do the impossible, I have already begun the impossible. Verse 20, he goes on to say, he says, the wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. I think that's kind of funny. Like we have the jackals and then the ostriches. Anyway, that was humorous to me. For I give water in the wilderness, river in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I form for myself, that they might declare my praise. Again, God is saying, look, I have dominion over everything. I have dominion over the wild jackals. I have dominion over the ostriches who stick their head in the sand. I have dominion over every created thing in all of the universe because I have created it all. This is the God who we serve. This is the God speaking to us all right now. And our circumstances are not a surprise to him. No matter what you go through, no matter how challenging, God is able to handle it. And nothing surprises him. And this God who saves is the same God of all creation. 
And since he created it, he can do anything with it, even if it seems impossible to us. No matter how challenging a season you've had, no matter how bad 2023 was for you, if it seems like there's no end, no relief in sight, God can make a way, and he can make it so much better than you could ever expect. And this is what we must do with God. We must expect the unexpected from him. So this leads me now to point number four here, and how to have a new beginning with God. Oftentimes what happens is beginning a new, or to have a new beginning, we have to change our perception a little bit. So a change in perception is often required. And I'm going to ask you a few questions as we go through this to help you in thinking through what's your current perception? Where are you at right now? What does God want to do in your life? So you have a few blanks at the bottom of each question. And this is for you just to jot down some things that come to mind as you start thinking through this. But in verse 19, he says these, these few words here. He says, do you not perceive it? As the New Living Translation said, do you not see it? God is already doing something new in our life. And the question is, are we paying attention to that? Let me quickly talk to you about what does perception mean? What's the definition there? And I want to contrast that with the word perspective, because I think oftentimes we, we interchange those and confuse those a little bit. But perception is this. Perception is how we take in information about the world around us and process those details into understanding our reality. So it's we're observing everything going on, we're seeing what's happening, and then we take all of that and we try to figure out what's our true reality in this. It's our interpretation of something or our understanding of a certain situation, person, or object. That's what the definition states there. And so we have to be paying attention to what God wants to do. Because as we look at the world around us, we have a worldly view of things we're going to miss all that God is doing. So we have to notice what is taking place around us and look for God's hand at work in order to grasp our true reality. And so the first question, or excuse me, let me step back and talk about perspective for a second. Perspective, on the other hand, is how within we see something from a particular vantage point or standpoint. So to kind of give you the contrast here, perception, we're looking at everything going on, and then we're basing it off some sort of truth and coming up with what our reality is. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. And then perspective is we, we take our opinions and our thoughts about something and we let that become the determination of our reality. So we say, you know what, this has happened to me, so therefore, uh, because I think this way, then it must be God hates my family, so he's never going to bless me. That's our perspective on things if we have the wrong perspective. right? So it's important for us to get the right perspective through our perception of what's really happening. And so the first question I want to ask you is what perceptions need to change? What perceptions in your life need to change right now? And then the second question then is what truths will help me change my perception? And that, that answer starts right here. We have to get into God's word in order to be able to change our perception. Because as we observe the world around us, if we take the world's opinion, we're going to see it the way the world sees it, and we're never going to experience the freedom, the renewal, the restoration that God has for us. But if we can get into God's word and we can shape our minds based off of what the truth of Scripture tells us, then as life happens to us, we can go to God and we can go to his word and say, okay, Lord, I know this is just another test. And I know this test, you're going to bring me through it. And I know that that test is always going to bring me greater victory and, and greater closeness to you. And so as we look at the world around us, we have to balance what is the truth of what's really happening in order to change our perception. And that truth comes right here from God's word. 
To help illustrate this, I'm going to need a volunteer. I got a little illustration I want to do with everybody here, but I need a volunteer that's old enough to use these sharp scissors here. So, so Kim Sanders, can I have you come on down? I knew Kim would be a good sport. I didn't even ask her. It's like she's just going to come up here and do this for me. Give Kim a big hand. Come on, she's being brave right now. She has no clue what I'm about to ask her to do. All right, you get a sheet of paper and some very sharp scissors. Don't cut yourself. And then I get a sheet of paper and some scissors here. All right, what we want to do. Huh? You're an artist. That doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. I'm a magician right now. All right, what we're going to do, I need you to cut as big a hole in your sheet of paper as you can because I'm going to try to fit through that hole. So as big as you can make that thing. Like you're going to have to get creative. And while you work on yours, I'm going to work on mine. You don't get to see what I'm doing. It's a good start. It's a good start. All right. And while Kim and I work on these sheets of paper, I'm going to try to keep on talking here. But as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about actually... In Scripture, there is a, a verse that Jesus states. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for the rich to inherit the kingdom of God. And Jesus wasn't picking on the rich there. This is the story of the rich young ruler. And so what happened in the story in Matthew 19 is Jesus is sitting there with his disciples, and this rich young ruler comes up to him, and he says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus tells him, he says, you're not cheating, are you? Jesus tells him, he says, what you must do is you must take all of your possessions and all of your wealth. You must go sell everything you have and then, doing good, keep going. And then, <laughs> and then give away all the money that you earn from those possessions. And so this rich young ruler thinks about it for a minute and he realizes that this task is, is this thing that Jesus has told him to do is just a little too challenging. Not the big reveal yet. And so, Jesus tells him to do these things, and he realizes that he just can't part with his money and his possessions and all these things. It's going to be too hard, too difficult of a thing for him to do. And it's, the fact of the story is not that Jesus was anti-money or anti-possessions. The fact of the story was Jesus knew that no matter what happened in this guy's life, if he chose to sell everything and give it all away, God would still take care of him. And what he wanted him to do, he wanted this rich young ruler to experience the freedom that only Jesus could give, that only God could give him. He wanted him to put his faith and his trust in him and knowing that everything he did, that God would be there for him. That's beautiful, Kim. And so as he talks with his disciples, he begins talking to them. And they said, well, Jesus, what, what in the world's going on here? And he said, look, it's not the fact that this is money, it's not the possessions, it's not those things. It's the fact that if this guy would trust me, if this guy would put his faith in the Lord, Isaiah means Yahweh is salvation, right? If, if he would put his trust in this Savior, in me, then no matter what happened in his life, no matter the possessions, no matter the money, his eternity would be secure. And that's not a shameless plug for my class coming up, but that is the money, possessions, and eternity class in a nutshell. But if we, we want you to experience the same thing that this rich young ruler could not experience. Because what we know, what Jesus was saying is like, look, it's not about a camel actually going through the eye of the needle. But it's about if you put your trust in God, that if he so desired, he could make that camel go right through the eye of the needle. So Kim, what do you have over there? Do you think that, oh, look at that, you made another one. Good job, you're fast. You're not 
I'm very flattered that you think I could fit through this. This is this is nice. I'm not going to attempt it. Yeah, maybe maybe my wife, but um, that's good. I'm going to leave that there. Uh, how about you open this one up for me? What do you think? Can we get through that one? Aha, magic. Oh, there you go. Now you can walk through it for me because I'll rip it and mess up the whole illustration. But what Jesus is saying is, look, if we change our perception and put our trust in him, then even if God desires, he can make the camel go through the eye of the needle. Thank you, Kim. Give Kim a big hand. Thank you so much. I'll get that later. Thank you. Thanks, Kim, for being a good sport about that. (laughs) But the point of the impact is this. If we would just trust God, if we would change our perception and begin to realize that this is the God of the universe, the one that created everything out of nothing, He spoke existence into being. This same God is the one that wants to care for us for the rest of our life. And if we keep looking to our past, we can't then experience the good future that he has for us. And so what are the truths that you need to be aligned with? The truths that you need to be... uh, The truths that... Kim, you done messed up my tablet. There we go. The truths that you need to be aligning yourself to in order to change that perception. And this leads me to letter C, our, our third question on changing our perception. Where is God working something new or different? Just think about that for a moment in your own life. Is there something God's doing where he's trying to get your attention on something? Maybe it's work-related. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's a, a job, or maybe it's a family situation. Or maybe right now God's trying to get your attention for the first time. Maybe you've never put your, your hope and your trust in this God who is our salvation. And maybe today is the day that he is, he is seeking after you to begin that relationship. The gospel is this, is that God, that Jesus is God and he came to the earth, as we talked earlier, he came to the earth and lived a perfect life. He was without sin, as Hebrews 4 tells us. And that he put himself on a cross. He lived that perfect life so, he could live, so that he could give you the perfect death, so that he could take on that death for you. And so his blood covers our sin. And so when God looks upon us, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus and the atonement brought by him. And the good news is this, that three days after his death, after he was buried, he came back to life by his own power so that we could have that hope of eternity. And so the Bible tells us if we just put our hope and our trust in him, we we turn from our sins and put our trust in him, that immediately we can experience the renewal that God wants for our life. We can experience that new thing that he's trying to do within us. And so this morning, I'm going to encourage you on December 31st, 2023, make today the day that you say yes to God if you've never done that today. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and experience the renewal that God wants for your life as you go into 2024. Or maybe for the rest of us in the room that we've put our faith in Christ already, but it seems like life just keeps throwing curveball after curveball. Simply because there's a hardship or a trial doesn't mean that God's not working in your life. It doesn't mean that he's absent and he's left you. If you've been a Christian for long enough, you know that trials are to be expected. Hardships are, are to be expected. But again, it's so that we can receive this great victory through God, through Christ working in our life. And often as we go through it, there is pain and there is suffering and there is hurt. But God is right there every single way. When we put our trust in Jesus, immediately at that at the moment, God comes to dwell with us. His Holy Spirit comes to live with us forever. So he's always there with us, walking hand in hand through every single season of life. So as you're looking out, what's this new thing that God's doing in your life? 
What's that difference that he's trying to make in your life right now? I'm going to go ahead and call the worship team up because they're going to help me on this last point. They're just going to play for us in a minute. No paper cutting. But the last question is this. How will I praise God through this process? Change in our perception, change in anything is always a process. And so changing our perception, changing the way that we see the things playing out in our life, it takes time. So it might not happen for you overnight. It it may be something that you struggle with until the Lord takes us home. But change is available. Just like what we see here in chapter 43, the Israelites, they were working diligently to see where God was at work because he told them, you have to be on the lookout for what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this new thing. I'm going to do something great in your life. So whether your circumstances are good or bad right now, we can praise God for his faithfulness and for his goodness and for his love and for his mercy. God tells us not to look into the past and dwell on the bad things. We can look back and remember the great things that he's done for us. We can remember his faithfulness. We can remember that he is the rock of ages. We can remember that he is our salvation. He's saying, don't get stuck back there on past circumstances that were hard. Don't get stuck where things didn't work out the way you wanted them to. Instead, look forward to that future I have for you. And so my last takeaway is this. God is up to something new. So let's look forward with hopeful expectation and begin praising him right now for the things yet to come in your life. So I want to pray for us and then we're going to stand and we're going to do just that. We're going to sing our way out of 2023 and we're going to praise the Lord for what he's going to do in 2024. I want you to, I want to go ahead and ask you all to stand up with us. And bow your head, close your eyes and I just want you to know right now that there's freedom in this room. If you need to come forward and you need to, to bow at, at these steps and just get some things right with God, if you need to, to find a friend and just say, would you pray with me in this moment? Or if you need to just take this time and sing this next song as loud as you can, celebrating the victory that God's going to give you in 2024, that you do all those things. You do whatever you need and whatever you feel God's leading you to do in this moment. So Father, we just thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, as we look back on the past things that you've done in our life, we remember the good things. We remember how you've brought us through so many different trials, how you've brought us victory. But Lord, you tell us in your word right here not to get stuck back there, but to always look forward to that new thing, to that extraordinary, amazing thing that has never, ever been done before. And so, Father, for 2024, I ask that you would just work something brand new in each and every single one of us, Lord. That this would be the year that we surrender everything to you and trust you completely as our Savior. Yahweh who is salvation. The God who brought the Israelites out of so many captivities. The God who every single time the Israelites turned their back on you. You never turned your back on them. You were always completely faithful. And so I just pray right now, Lord, wherever we're at, whatever season we find ourselves in, Lord, that you would be the focus what's going on that you would get our perceptions in line with your word so that we could see the circumstances as you see them and for what you want to do with them father lord we love you so much we thank you so much for jesus and the fact that we got to celebrate his first coming a few days ago and we look forward to that future where you come back to earth lord jesus and you take us all home with you so god in this moment would you help us to celebrate you would you help us to praise you 
remembering your goodness and all the new things you want to do in time.